0: St. Basil the Great tells us that there's not a single word in Scripture that is in vain. And What he means is that every word in Scripture has a purpose and has a place and is there for a reason. And it can take us a lifetime and even more as we try to enter into the depth of the Holy Scriptures and understand the teaching of God, to understand the teaching of Christ. We see that today because when the man comes and kneels before Jesus, he calls him teacher. And this is very important because any time Jesus is addressed as teacher, especially in the gospel according to Mark, one of two things is going to happen. There's either going to be given to us a very important teaching, quite obviously, or it's saying something about Jesus himself as the teacher, or in this case as the teaching. The first five books of the Old Testament are very important, Genesis through Deuteronomy. And in Hebrew, they're called the Torah. And the Torah gets translated into Greek as nomos, as the law. But a better translation in modern English for Torah would be teaching, the teaching. And Jesus himself is the Torah enfleshed. He is the teaching of God incarnate in his very person. So the man falls on his knees. He calls him teacher. He explains to him the situation about his son. The son is possessed by a demon. The demon torments him. He says that the, de- the demon is, is uh, either deaf or dumb. Jesus calls him both when he casts him out, which is kind of interesting to think about in regards to the characteristics of, of the particular demon. And before this, You know, he had brought him to the disciples. And he informs Jesus that the disciples were not able to cast it out. And the word there that they use is the same word that when we chant, you know, the thrice holy hymn where we say, holy God, holy mighty, that agios iskiros. That's the same word that the man says about the disciples. They weren't iskiros enough. They weren't strong enough. They weren't powerful enough. And then Jesus gives this really alarming response, which kind of puts us on our heels. And we get these responses, you know, here and there in the Gospels. And Father Bryce has talked about this before in one of his homilies. You know, we either do one of a few things when this happens. We dodge. We try to dodge the saying. You know, we deflect. Oh, he must be talking about somebody else. He's not talking about me, right? Or we dismiss... Oh that verse probably isn't even supposed to be there or we ignore. Let's just pretend I didn't hear that because I don't know what to do with it. And the phrase he gives us is "O faithless generation." And he said that he said and he said to them He said to them, "O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you?" This sounds like a pretty tough word in response by our Lord Jesus Christ. And who is the them? People kind of question this all the time. Well, by saying them, it can't just be the Father. He's just one. Is it the disciples? Is it the scribes? Because the disciples were arguing with the scribes. Is it everyone? Is it all of the above? It's at least the disciples but also all of the above. And this is said to every generation, in a sense. And this is a word that we need to hear. Now faithless, apistos. One of the things that's happened is that the word faith in our more modern times has come to mean something different than it meant in the time that the scriptures were written. Because of modern philosophers like David Hume and others, People understand the word faith in the sense of to take a leap of faith, just to kind of just believe beyond all reason. You know, this is the way that a lot of people think of faith. But that's not how the scriptures mean faith. They actually mean something closer to trust. To trust. To have faith in Christ is to trust him. We, we have this too today. We say when we say that, yeah, I, I believe in him. You know, whoever we may be talking about. It's another way of saying, I trust him. I trust that he's true or loyal or competent or whatever it may be. So he's saying, he's saying that this generation, he says, that doesn't trust me. That doesn't trust me. And he's saying this to his disciples too. Because his disciples were not focused on the teaching. They were distracted with the scribes. They could not cast out the demon because the way to cure the illness of the mind and of the heart is through the teaching. The teaching that is given to us by Almighty God. It purifies the mind and it cleanses the heart. So we are constantly called to meditate upon it, to chew it, to take it in our mouth and to pray it and and to say it so that it transforms us. But the father too, because what was the job of a father in Israel? To pass on the teaching. This was his primary responsibility. We see it in the Old Testament. Make sure that your children know the law, that they recite it day and night. When you get up from the table, when you sit down, when you go to bed, when you rise up, when you go out of the door, when you come in of the door, you know, always have the teaching in your mind and in your heart. And then this man is humbled. The man is humbled, and he cries out, and some manuscripts say with tears. You can really feel for this father. You know, what wouldn't a parent do when they have a child who's suffering and they can't do anything for it? So you can imagine his pain, and he cries out with tears, and he says, I believe, help my unbelief. Such a powerful prayer. And there's a part of all of us, I think if we're honest, that resonates with that prayer. That appreciates that prayer. And maybe we've even said that prayer a time or two or more. I believe. Help my unbelief. Then we see the compassion of our Lord Jesus Christ. He casts out the demon. He heals the young man. He meets him where he is. Because at that moment, the man had been humbled and had confessed and had cried out for help. And he made a profession of faith, of trust. He submitted himself to Christ. And so Christ, again, in his mercy, he answers with prayer. So again, how did it start? He called him teacher. And what is the teaching we receive in the gospel today? It is that we need to trust our Lord Jesus Christ and His teaching, that we are invited constantly to hear the Scriptures, to let them fill our hearts and our minds, to guide us and direct us, and trust that the Word given to us in the Holy Scriptures is for our healing, for our wholeness, and for our salvation, and to do so with humility. You know, if we reach this point of Lent, and we say, I've kept all the fast days, I've come to all the services, I've done all the things, I'm good. We've missed the mark, right? We've missed the mark, because there's only the righteousness that comes from God. There's only the righteousness that comes from God. But when we fall down on our knees, even with tears and humility, we cry out, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. I trust you, Lord, I trust your teaching. Help me when I doubt your teaching. The Lord responds with his grace, with his mercy, and with his love. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ bless us always, now and ever and the ages of ages.